Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. Thanks for tuning in once again. On today's podcast, Brian and I talk about a word cloud update for General Conference. I mention a cringy conference moment that actually kind of gets into a real discussion about when prophets speak prophetically and when they don't, things like that. We talk a little bit of Easter. Then we get into a little bit of world news, talk about Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves and his punch on a teammate and how good the Jazz look now. Uh, we talk about Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney, Mulvaney, and Nike, all that stuff. Riley Gaines, little weird news update on Dalai Lama update. It sounds like we talk about him a lot. We don't. Um, talk about the Masters and UFC. And then today's guest is, oh, sorry, real quick. We do have people we can't be friends with, as well as a new segment, Simple Pleasures, which we'll introduce as we get there near the end of the episode. It's about an hour in when we finish up with people we can't be friends with, as well as Simple Pleasures. Today's guest is Steve Little. Steve Little is a special guest specifically for Brian and I because we are big time users of an app that he developed. It's a website, scriptures.byu.edu. It's also an app called the Scripture Citation Index that you can download on any platform, any app store. And what it does is it helps link and it links a bunch of scriptures, any scripture that was pretty much ever used since 1942. In, the, in general conference, and it links it to those talks. So if you come across a scripture and you're like, who's ever used this and in what context, it kind of helps you contextualize things a little bit better. It gives deeper understanding sometimes to scripture verses that may have an impact on you. And you can see kind of like, oh, wow, Elder Maxwell used this in 1982, and this is what he was talking about. Wow, that's awesome. And it can lead you to really cool talks and things like that. Anyway, we talk a lot about that on the second half of this episode. Steve Little was an awesome guest. Brian and I, just after the episode was done, we're just like, this is why we do it. You know, having the opportunity to talk to fascinating people like Steve, who's who's a professor at BYU as well as a stake president, a father, a grandfather, just an overall awesome guy. I promise you, you'll like this interview. You'll find it hopefully just as interesting as Brian and I did. It's a great tool, and he is an inspired man as well as the person that helped him make it as well, which we talk about him, Richard Galbraith. He was kind of the, the, the brains behind it all. He actually kind of started indexing these things physically. And Steve went to him, or he came to Steve and was like, can you help me do this? And Steve was like, actually, I can do you one better. And thus, the Scripture Citation Index was born. Anyway, hope you like it. Hope you all are having a great time. Uh, have your great week. It's hump day once again. Get after it. Finish strong. And we'll see you all on the other side. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. The, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. We're starting hot right out the gate. I'm I'm beside myself right now. Brian decided to show up with a freaking University of Utah hat for the podcast. Like, the, what the University hell, of Utah. The Utes. Do you know the origin the of this? Don't you dare do that sign. Do you know the origin of this podcast? Hey, we've taken it in a new direction. But... We actually have, and I'm happy about that, and, and I'm still happy about that, despite you being a complete heretic. <laughs> Just potster. 
Jesus, just stirring the pot this used, morning. This used yeah. to be called Fifty Shades of Blue, and we would only talk like BYU. Like, I mean, it was jaded BYU, so it was something that even Utah sports fans could probably indulge in a little bit. But, gosh, man, we really have we have gone we have done a one eighty on this thing completely. I'm I was glad, I'm glad you said it correctly because I I hate when people go. He did a full three sixty. I go, wait, yeah. they're going in the same direction. <laughs> Around real quick and kept going in the same way. Yeah. He didn't make any changes at all. No. He just did 360. All right, just keep going. All right, cool. Now, I I was looking for a hat this morning, and you know, I was like, you know, let's uh let's go ahead and just throw that on. Mess mess with Harper a little bit. You don't even good. own a BYU but, hat, do you? No. Are you kidding me? I, I own some blue hats, I guess. I don't get why you have. Like, I mean, I understand your family doesn't love BYU. I get that, and that's fine. But owning a U of U hat and then having a disdain for owning a BYU hat, that's a lot. You don't need to like the U just because you don't like BYU. It doesn't always go hand in hand. I think it does. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I disagree. Yeah, it does. Well, it's like... No, it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I like South Carolina. I hate Clemson. No, but um, you went. No, that's different. You went to South. I Carolina. like Duke. Don't like North Carolina. Um, no, no, no. We're talking about the default being not liking a school. I like Ohio State. I hate Michigan. I'm saying you don't have to subscribe to the mentality for sports that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's all I'm saying. Utah but can my, still be your but enemy, my, but my, but my friend of long time is utah fan oh okay but your friend friend of, of short friend of short time, short time of short time is byu fan that better not be a, a, a comment on my height <laughs> <laughs> no my long my long my long time friend is shorter so that's actually fine. true he's actually shorter than i am <laughs> i'm actually here's the thing i was thinking about this the other day because i wanted to give a shout out to my nephew jimmy he came up to me i saw him on easter so shout out to, to jimmy um, he came up to me, uh, Easter Sunday and said how much he liked the podcast. So he that's th- awesome. He thinks we go well together. If you can believe that dude, I was, I was like I peas was and carrots. I, <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> like, yeah. You and Brian do well together. I was like, really? You think? <laughs> no, it was I actually like very I nice carry to carry half the time, but it's fine. Um, it is always nice to hear feedback like that, by the way. So shout out to Jimmy, but Jimmy's very tall. Jimmy's like six three. He's a freshman in high school. Don't give that face, dude. Six three is freaking tall. Just because. By the way, do t- are tall people just friends with each other? Do they like go to conventions and they're just like all tall no, people? No, I like, hate being friends with tall people. Wait, why? Because I hate feeling short. Your best friend in Vegas is is tall. He's not taller than you, but he's still tall. Yeah, he's not taller than me, but I, yeah, I hate hanging out with him. He says the same thing. He hates hanging out with me <laughs> because I'm taller than him, and he hates feeling short. So I guess there because is... we're we are we are constantly the like bar setters, right? Of of height. What do you, what bar needs to be set meaning, when it comes to height, though? Meaning that we're the the pinnacle of the height in the group, right? Oh, but as soon as you bring in other people, okay. So because I'm always the tallest. And then you bring in another person that's taller or just as tall as me, I start to feel insecure about myself. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 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 
fragile, man. I had no idea. There, I guess there are some advantages to being 5'11". Uh, You're just used to being the shortest guy in the group. Yeah, it's Sorry. like you guys may be the tallest physically, but I have the tallest personality, you know? Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was awesome of Jimmy to come up and say uh. – say, that he liked the pod and I, he's actually been listening for a while, but it's just always nice to hear it when you do. Um, real quick. I wanted to tell you, I got, I got some big news coming down from my end. I think it might bam, be bam, bam. To bust out the mustache again. Oh, geez. What? I Why? was literally thinking that last week. That you were thinking you would do. Should we, should we bring mustaches back to, to latter day takes? Do our bees, be guys that rock a mustache for a month or two or however long. I don't, I don't care. I don't know. I just, I just love my beard too much. It's we hard should to... do an episode where we just sit there and admire each other's mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a whole lot of listeners there. Maybe, maybe not. That's why we got to get onto YouTube, man. <laughs> anyway, do we have a word cloud update for general conference? Was there, was there uh something? You yeah, talk about I that? do. Um, let me. Sorry. Yeah. So there was. Um, so you, Jesus and Christ were obviously one and two, mm-hmm. um, but the top five was a little bit different. So originally it was Jesus Christ, God, Lord, and love. I believe. Uh, this time it is Jesus Christ, God, Lord, Savior. Hmm. Savior was number nine, I want to say, uh, last time. Um, but yeah, your top 10 for this, uh, April 2023 is Jesus Christ, God, Savior, Lord, uh, love, Father, uh, one covenant and church. Hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. A little bit different. Uh, a lot of the same, though. At the same time, um, yeah, very. Uh, it's it's his church, right? It's Jesus. It's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yeah, and if that doesn't prove what they're talking about, and you know the most said words within these talks, you know, there's not a whole lot of outside. Um, verbiage, right? Like, it's very much centered and focused on Jesus Christ, the Father, you know, Savior, Lord, love, yeah, and the One, which is really cool. I I really like the One, if you think of that one, right? Like, it's not saying, it. I mean, obviously, it's probably saying like the One True Church, right? Things like that, but also like. We, he's the one. We are. Oh, he is us. the one. We, we are one. With right. Him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really cool to think about the word one. Well, that's kind what of what it, people it incorporate be. when they think about the atonement. Right. At yeah. one. You're at one yeah. with Christ when you're utilizing the atonement. Did we put this out on Instagram? We haven't. Yet, uh, right? No, but we no, we haven't. But we will. We will get on that, get on to, that. Uh, um, today. So thanks to. Uh, Brittany Peterson for hooking that yes. up once again. Great design. Looks great. Um, all right. I had something to say along those lines because we're talking about, obviously, about the general conference word cloud, general conference from a week and a half ago. I was thinking about it. I was also talking about it. 
with a with somebody close to me. It brought up a pretty good point, and I think this is kind of important to you know call balls and strikes where we see them. And we were referring back to that talk. Have you have you caught up on a lot of the talks, by the way? I have not. Huh. I've been bad. All right. Yes, you have. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so Elder Alan Haney, who actually had some good things to say, because I wrote down some of this stuff. He said we should not use the words of past prophets to disregard the words of modern prophets. But he was the one that shared. I don't know if you had heard this at all, so I'll give you a little recap. He shared this story about how he was, um, I, I guess, at lunch with the first presidency. And... They were just sitting there chatting, and then out of nowhere, um, President Nelson had, like, crumpled up his water bottle. Honestly, I had a hard time following exactly how he did it, because, like, at one point it sounded like he flattened it out. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? And he's, he's like, oh, I like, to, I like to make it smaller so it leaves more room in the recycle bin, and so more can be recycled or something along those lines. And yep. um, immediately after, like, President Eyring started doing it, and then, or I, I think uh, he asked, he had asked President Oaks at one point, he's like, so why, like, why are you doing that? And he's like, well, we should follow the prophet. Got a laugh from the crowd, right? Got a laugh from you. Here's good. Here's the cringy part of that, though. It is funny. It is funny because obviously, like, that's not something that's going to determine your fate, whether it comes to going to hell or, you know, making it to the celestial kingdom. But the problem, the one of the problems that I kind of have with that, looking back at it in retrospect, is that we there does need to be a better delineation of how we believe what the prophet is doing prophetically and what he's not. And I. I don't mean that in the sense of crumpling up a water bottle, but like when it comes to the vaccine, which I was very vocal about, you know, a year and a half ago, I, I went out very vocal. I mean, I just had my opinions. I, I thought the vaccine was a good thing for those that wanted to get it. I was never anti-vax as it's defined, so to speak. But for somebody like me in my state, I did not feel like I needed that. Um, and so when the prophet came out and led by example and got the vaccine... I still kind of thought, you know, I don't feel compelled to do this. And he was very encouraging to those that maybe were on the fence to go do it and get the vaccine. And that's fine. I had no problems with that. But I didn't feel like I wasn't following the prophet by not following his example. And so I kind of like, looking back at that, you're kind of like, you know, there there is something to that, being a little bit careful about how we talk about following the prophet. I hope I'm not getting too much down a rabbit hole that yeah. probably never ends. But it's something we're thinking about still, right? Yeah. No, I think that was very well said, right? Like we're obviously going to heed the words of the prophet, but also not blindly follow, I guess. Yeah. Is that, you know, I feel like that's kind of where you were going with that. Um, well, so what's funny. And I, I couldn't agree more with it, like with, with the whole, you know, vaccine side, because he, when he, when he gave that talking conference, right. It wasn't, you need to go do this. You should go do this, right? He like, didn't give it. We're conference. all doing this, or whenever he it gave it. It was an Instagram it, right? post primarily, and there was a like a statement released, I think. Okay, so it was more, you know, but it was more along the lines of, you know, think about it, pray about it, 
and and you know do what's right type thing. Had he get like if he gave it over conference, if he gave it over the pulpit, I'd actually be more inclined to be like, wow, that actually feels more like a commandment. So mm-hmm. context matters. But what was yeah. interesting is that somebody close to me, somebody close to me told me, they're like, yeah, I actually had to tell my kids to stop listening to your podcast and i was like why <laughs> i was like <laughs> like what like what 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 about that and and i mean he was being a little funny but at the same time he was serious at least in that time and since then i think his kids started listening again but i actually was like so if you're going to tell me that you told my kids to stop listening to my podcast i'm going to ask you why like i think i have the mm-hmm. right to ask why you don't have to tell me but at least i'm going to ask and I kind of pushed him, and he was like, I don't know. It was something about how you were like, well, the prophet's not always speaking prophetically. And then I was like, well, is he? And his response was, well, no. And it's like, okay, then. <laughs> so then what did I say that was wrong? But I get that it gets a little nebulous for some people, and some people have a hard time defining those terms and, like, when does it mean? And, and that's why it comes down to why – this is why President Nelson is so amazing. What has he been saying more than anything since he's been prophet? Get your own revelation. Get your own relationship with Christ. Like he's personal saying, revelation. Personal yeah. revelation is huge, right? Yeah. And I think that's President Nelson's saying way of saying, like, hey, we can only do so much as right. as your first presidency, as your you know, the, the the apostles of Christ and your president and leader of the church. We we are not gonna be able to tell you tit for tat exactly what you need to do to, to reach exaltation. You have to establish that relationship on your own because it's going to be different for everybody. How different? I don't know. Probably not extremely different, but at least it will be different. It's it's a little bit relative for everybody, right? Everybody has their own tendencies. Anyway, off my sofa. And I think the same thing too, if we're he's our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ aren't gonna do everything, right? We have to put in the work to be able to do that, right? And I think that's where that personal revelation comes. It's like you can't just depend on us Absolutely. and like do that, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, like his yoke is light, right? And we talked about that. However, we have to be putting in the work as well, mm-hmm. right? That yoke is light. However, we have to be yoked to him and he's going to help us out just like we have to be putting in the work. Well, and that's why I love the example from the brother of Jared so much in Ether. And I've shared that a few times on the podcast where it's mm-hmm. – you know, he goes to Christ and says, how do I get light in the barges? And Christ is just like, well, how, what would, what do you want me to do? You know? And it's like, yeah, like get your own, like get your own ideas, bring them to me and we'll work with them. Right. Whereas somebody else could have said, instead of, instead of these stones that we're going to have you touch to give us light, somebody else could have been like, how about we just build a fire and you keep it glowing forever and you keep it at a certain, like, I don't, I don't know, certain volume so it doesn't like become dangerous at all because a fire in a ship right. seems like a bad idea, but you can keep us safe, right? Somebody could have come up with a different idea and it still would have worked. And it's like mm-hmm. that customization there. Anyway, well, appreciate you indulging yeah. me. How was your Easter, man? Yeah. My Easter's was good. <laughs> have you had diarrhea since Easter's? Nah, I haven't had diarrhea since Easter's. <laughs> I had good meal. <laughs> same here ham did you guys no, it was ham? good uh yeah we did ham and we did uh brisket my ooh, nice. so we actually went over to um we actually went my my parents are out of town uh obviously bryce is out of town so it's just me and my sister and that peterson clan um but they're really good friends with my broker in real estate harvey tadmore um and he is, he's Jewish. Uh, 
So it was actually really cool to kind of go over and have kind of some Jewish food and then also some not ham, <laughs> some not ham at all. Right. Yeah. Not ham and not leavened bread. <laughs> but of course, what does my sister bring to the house? Ham and leavened bread. That's so funny, dude. My dad actually made a funny joke. We're at, ta- at the table. And as he's like cutting up the ham to give to everybody, he's like, you know, I always felt it's kind of like a slap in the face to the Jews that we have ham on Easter. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's actually a really interesting point. <laughs> yeah. Of all things. So, but, but Harvey's, Harvey's family is split, uh, is a split religious family, I should say. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's Jewish. His wife, I believe is uh Christian or Catholic. I can't remember, but yeah. So it was, Christian I don't know. Catholic. It was just really cool that we had, he, he, yeah, I can't remember what it was. Well, it's the same uh, technically, but. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> it was cool that they had brisket, and that's that Harvey made, and it was absolutely amazing. So, um, but yeah, so it was it was good to hang out, and although it was delayed, hey, we're gonna eat at three. I get there, I'm starving, and uh, we don't eat till four thirty. I'm mm. like, people, I can't be friends with Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's gonna listen to this episode, so she's gonna she's gonna be pissed. Uh oh, Brittany, I had nothing to do with that. Just so you know, I had nothing to do with that. I appreciate the word. Hey, cloud. how about we eat on time one time, okay? I know, I know, we're all on Mormon standard time, but come on, listen. you say three, your boy's gonna come hungry, right? These are family dynamics. I'm not gonna get involved in. So no, no, no. I'm just saying in general, okay? Hey, it's not Jan's dinner party, okay? <laughs> we're eating at eight. No, we're not. It's Spain. They don't eat till midnight. Well, we're not in Spain. There, Jan. Okay. Not. Even you should have been clip. brazing this. You sh- you should have been brazing this meat a long time ago. Yeah. You said you didn't have <laughs> plans. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that's good. <laughs> that that episode is incredible. Um. Oh right. my gosh, the plasma screen. Oh, dude. If you watch the outtakes, the outtakes for that episode has some of the best outtakes you could ever see for an office episode. Um, Uh, Well, I am planning on on sleeping at the foot of your bed, so. There you go. That's a good point. Yeah, we got space for you, dude. Um, See, I fit. I fit. It's fine. It's a perfect fit. Did you see Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves little kerfuffle? I heard. I saw the. I saw the headline. I didn't see what happened though. I was like, he's suspended for the playing game against the Lakers." Yeah, dude. So he like took a swing at one of his own teammates. It was kind of funny if you watch the clip. Like, they're all like riled up in the in the in the huddle, and Gobert like with his freaking like seven ten wingspan, like takes a swipe at the guy. I mean, it wasn't like a full on punch. It kind of looked like one, but he had to fully extend. And then after, right after that, Gobert just, like, backpedals completely. <laughs> he just, like, totally swings and then just, like, like runs away, essentially. Runs away. Yeah. Um, just a total you-know-what show, dude. Total S show, yeah. as my brother would say. Um, Crap show. <clears throat> there you go. I think it's hilarious. My brother started saying S, and it just sounds funny. And he's doing it to be funny. But anyway... Um, yeah, so got to be better. I cannot believe how that completely, um, like that trade that the, that Danny Ainge and the, and the Jazz 
they just fleeced the Timberwolves completely. Just fleeced them, dude. Just yeah. took them for all they were worth. That trade is looking better every single day. It is wild. Anyway, I'm not big in the NBA, obviously, as you know, but I thought that was interesting. Although, the Donovan Mitchell trade, I just, I don't know how you can... That one's interesting. I know Donovan probably didn't want to be there, but still, man, like that's that's I think that's the bottom I feel like line. You got to do everything to make him. Donovan make him was happy. always going to cause problems because he just wasn't happy in Utah. But he wasn't going to say that. But was he though? He was going to pretend He's like he was happy Cleveland. in Utah, and he was just going to create issues. I feel like if we would have traded Donovan or Gobert, but kept Donovan, he would have just found other reasons to not be happy. The dude stopped playing defense. Like he was not a good yeah, fit. At I the guess time. I. Did. Yeah, I hear you. But, man, I mean, honestly, speaking from a professional athlete side, Ooh. he he went about it the right way, I would say, for the most part. Because if you're not happy in a situation, right, you're still going to play the game. You're still going to do your job, right? There might be some things that, you know, fans can cite might possibly see with the no defense thing, stuff like that. However, he was still somewhat of a professional for him, right? It wasn't like he was being a complete cancer on the team, still doing his job, and then finally got out of there. I don't know. Um, it depends on how you define cancer, but, but I felt they like were he was still always stirring winning. The they were still winning. They were still winning ball games. But very, very right. And what, was it was it necessarily coming from him, or was it coming from from Rudy? Well, dude, you so you you this does vindicate Donovan in some senses, right? It does that like Gobert is causing issues in Minnesota. Clearly, like he's yeah. this drama queen. And Cleveland's and like, Cleveland's solid playoff team right now yeah. with that number four seed, right? Yeah, something like, like that. Very Donovan's good ball club over well. there. Yeah, you know, you're not, he's obviously he's happy and he's playing well. You're not wrong about you know? that, but, but I think the bottom line is he just wasn't fitting in in Utah too. I just think I think that's the bottom line. It's it's hard to fit in Utah, bud. You know that. Yeah. Why didn't you ever request a just trade from, to Utah, the the Salt Lake Bees or something? <sighs> they had my rights. They had my rights for seven years. That's why. And I, like, I'll tell I'll tell yeah, you, you and I'll tell everybody. A trade. I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Minor league baseball. Go ahead and try and request a trade. Like, yeah, kick rocks, kid. Yeah, I was good enough to keep my job. <clears throat> I pitched good enough to keep my job. I didn't pitch bad enough to lose my job. Nice. That's a sweet. Spot. That was my. That was my ten years of minor league baseball. Right in the meaty part of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for you, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So in your in your drinking days. Did you uh-huh. ever indulge in some Bud Light? Yes. And I regret every every Bud Light I ever drank. Why is that? <laughs> What's his name? Dylan Mulvaney, maybe, perhaps? Yeah. Ugh. This is tough to watch right now, dude. It's freaking I bizarre. It. I don't get it. And the fact that, I and the fact that Nike jumped on too, you have a man, a biological male, regardless of what he thinks he is, biological male. Representing women's wear, you have so many amazing women out there, women athletes, right? And you're gonna you're gonna promote this dude, dude. That like, how is this not the biggest attack on women 
perhaps we've ever seen. Now, granted, we're in the athletic sector here, so it's like a little bit more along those lines. But I think the trans movement, and this is where it's like, uh uh-oh, Harper's about to get controversial. I think the trans movement is, for one, who is it driven mostly by? Men. It's driven by men. And what are these men trying to do? These men are trying to control women and say, we're going to take your sports over. And you can't stop us because that's discrimination. And who's standing up for women more than anybody right now? People like you and me. Like, this is outrageous. Now, some women are too, which Riley Gaines, shout out to her. She's absolutely killing it in that sector. But at the same time, they're calling her uh, transphobe, bigot, all this stuff. And she even goes to San Francisco State University to, like, give a speech there. And she ends up getting raided by some mob. And they even, apparently, the, they're saying they held her hostage for three hours, which I think we need to be a little careful here how we put these terms yeah. out because I don't think they were actually, like, like guns in tow and being like, you can't leave this room. Granted, I'm sure she felt threatened, and I'm sure she was, like, even yeah. physically threatened to the point where she's like, if I try and leave, are they just going to attack me? Very possible. Either way, they were extremely intimidating. They were extremely terrible toward her. There's no question about that. Uh, one, at one point, a dude... Uh, like dressed as a woman, like a trans person, went up and like socked her, and you're just like, wait a second, the, these are the people. This, these are the people that claim to care about women's rights. Like, how is this possible? And and I, I'm 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 at a total loss. I, I actually feel like the the state of the country. We're not in a be- We're not in the best spot. I think we look like a joke to the rest of the world in a lot of ways. At least to the countries that are actually watching these things, which are the top countries: Russia, China, all that stuff. They're seeing this and they're just being like, "How is the social fabric of the U.S. totally breaking down? We can't depend on these people to be world leaders anymore because they're so caught up in these weird identities that they're trying to promulgate and protect people's rights and whatever." And it's like rights. Who do they? Anyway, I digress in that respect, but. Along those lines, I I feel like this is what could be – this seems like to it would be the ultimate tear in the country. Like this could be somewhat of a – I'm not saying we're going to go through a civil war, but it kind of seems like we're headed in a direction where it's like there really are going to be some very clear lines drawn because of how vitriolic this movement has been, this trans movement. I mean it is unprecedented to see – a perpetrator of a shooting toward children specifically, and people yeah. come to the defense of the shooter. That's unprecedented. That is, that is insane that we're living in this world right now. That for some reason, this person had an excuse or had their reasons to go kill children. Yeah. No doubt, dude. I, I said it when the, when the pen swimmer was doing it. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's the Riley Gaines is, thing. Riley Gaines swam against that yeah. that swimmer, uh, Leah yeah. Thomas or William Thomas or whatever yeah. the freak his name is. It's terrible, right? You're taking what these women have worked their lives for, yeah. right? Like they've worked their entire lives for these moments, right? In national championship tournaments, right? Swim meets, whatever it may be. Right. Volleyball. Right. Volleyball's been on there. Swimming has been on there. Dude, along those lines, by the way, did you hear in volleyball? There was okay, there's a couple things here. In volleyball, there's a same similar thing going on in some I'm not sure which league or where where it's happening exactly, but there's a man playing on a women's team 
gears up, straight up spikes the volleyball right in the face of a female defender, breaks yep. part of her face, dude. Breaks part of her face. And and obviously that type of spiking has happened in men's volleyball where a man has had to absorb a ball to the face. But guess what? His facial structure, his biological makeup is equipped to take those kind of hits a lot better than a woman from another man. And then furthermore, you've seen the, I'm sure you've seen the MMA stuff with Fallon Fox. This is egregious. Mm-hmm. Fallon Fox is a, is a, is another trans. It's a man fighting in a women's sport and he's beaten the tar out of a bunch of females, but a bunch of women. I mean, no joke. And then he gets on the mic and he's sitting there going, I'm coming for all of you. I'm going to kick all your butts to all these other women. And it's straight. I mean, like, dude, on the mic, this voice, not, not only does it sound like a man, it sounds a little bit more akin to something that I would refer to as Legion. Like it is, it is demonic and people are sitting here praising it. And like, thank goodness Dana White will never allow that to happen yeah. because and I, I'll tell you right now, dude, I mean, as long as Dana White's involved, I think UFC is probably safe from all that nonsense. I mean, the other day, Donald Trump was there, like, ringside with Mike Tyson and... And Kid Rock. Yeah, Kid Rock, yeah. And, like, the, the <laughs> crowd are cheering on together. Trump. They're cheering on DeSantis. <laughs> like, it's like the well, most anti-woke uh, sport in the world. And Dana White isn't going to let were in Florida. Traded. Yeah. yeah, they were in Florida. It yeah. helps... Yeah, and so side, my point segue being, to that. Dana White's kind of right. the last. I don't know if he's the last bastion, but he's a he's a strong wall for UFC. But if that falls, dude, and then it's going to become a main sport where you see these men beating up women, I just I can't. I mean, it's not crazy to think that we're going to get to that point in even ten, twenty years. Christ doesn't come by then, but I just it's always the men going into the women's sports. Right. Yeah, it's that's the, the funny thing too to is that sports. you never see right. it the other way around. Yeah, and why are we always? It it makes me sick to my stomach, right? Because it comes back to the point that I was going to make is these women have worked their lives for these moments, right? To get to the highest level level of these sports, right, and to be able to compete and do these things, right? I mean, what what's to stop? Russia or China or uh, Australia. Australia is a good swimming country, right? Going to the Olympics, pulling their entire men's team, right? Even if you take the number twos from from all these countries, right? And put them in the women's Number finals. twos, dude. You could oh. take the number five, number ten. I agree. I like, you could take guys right. that didn't make it out of qualifiers, the, the right. Olympic trials, and you could put okay, them in. Okay, you're going to be a girl now, right? Go Go get all these gold medals for us. Yeah. Like, dude, and good, Thomas, and good on the Olympic Committee this, for not let, letting that happen. I'm, I'm hoping. This pen, but again, swimmer, you never know. This pen swimmer was in like the 400 range for swimmers, men swimming in college, yeah. goes to women's and then becomes number one like that. Yeah. Now they, he actually tied. He actually tied Riley Gaines in one of the one of the races. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't some women out there that can absolutely compete with men that are pretty good in their respective sports. I mean, this is a crude example, but one example is there's this girl in pickleball, dude, that freaking is amazing. She's way better than I am, but I love playing with her. She makes me better. But when you talk about the best of the best versus like best of the men's best of women's, it's no competition. I mean, everybody knows that the U S women's Olympic team played like, the under-17 squad or under-18 squad or something for the in U.S. Soccer. Olympic. What was that? 
In what sport? In soccer. Okay. And they lost like five to two. The women's yeah. Olympic. Okay, I had I had this discussion. Teenage boys in soccer. I I had this discussion with some soccer players in college, and I go, "Could the women's national team beat the national champion men's team?" And talking to the women's teams, like the like the women's soccer players, are, they're like, "No, there's no way." Yeah, they even- she's like, "As as as good as as good as the U.S. women's national team is, right?" And this was when Abby was there. Like this was 2009, 2010. Yeah. Right. They're like, they're like, no, there's no way. She's like, just the men are way too fast, and they're, they they would literally expose everything. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's and that, not, that's that's not, that's not to me say saying men are better right? than it's women. Like, yeah. It's not to say that. No, at not all. at all. It's not about that at all. It's like let's just. I I couldn't go and and no. be, and beat Serena Williams in tennis, dude. Dude, I'd in her prime, and honestly, probably still, Ronda Rousey would mop the floor with both of us, probably at the same time. <laughs> right. Well, and that's her fighting style, right? Because she does jujitsu and she takes anything that I that I put out and she uses it against me and and, <laughs> exactly. and makes me tap out. It yeah. puts me in an armbar. I'm like, ah oh, yeah, break my arm. Okay, no, don't do that, please. We're just merely talking yeah. about the biological differences. It's just it's <clears> but... Yeah. But it's like it'd be like LeBron James going into the WNBA. Like, really? What are we doing? Yeah. Right? Even if you took the la- took Tai Lu. Somebody that was an okay basketball player, right? Oh, Good yeah. coach. He'd be the best WNBA player of all time. Right. I'm just, eh, it's just, it's very frustrating. It's, it's tough to see. And I'm all about women's sports. I've, I know my shit, my Kayla, right? My sister-in-law, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing college athlete. And I could not imagine somebody, some male thinking that, he's a female and then going and taking her spot. That's what it comes down to also, right? Like taking spot from other women that have worked their lives for, yeah. but because we're going to be, you know, progressive, we're going to let this male be on, on our team. He's taking your scholarship. Well, go, go somewhere else. Currently we're kind of monitoring a situation quietly involving my niece racing against a potentially really? biological male. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's very possible. Yeah. And it's, and not an, we don't have enough information yet, so I don't want to say more than that. But it's interesting. Yeah. All right. But we can move on though. This is hold, hold on to your under your Under Armour uh, stock because Nike jumped in on that Bud Light as well. Oh with, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Melvin, that you did. So. Yeah, you. Like, well, well, it's funny too. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but like there was a Fox News reporter or woman from Fox News that was saying, uh, "I wear sports bras." And Dylan Mulvaney doesn't have, and I don't want to say the word, but, you know, a female chest. And she's like, yeah, so why would I ever take the advice of a man telling me which sports bra he uses? Because I actually have those things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, segue into uh, UFC this weekend uh, down in Florida. Um Big uh, win by Izzy Israel Adesanya, the style, last style bender, uh, got his got his belt back, and um, uh, the other big fight on the card was uh, Gilbert Burns taking on uh, Miami's own. Um, 
Jorge Masvidal. So Masvidal retired, gave a great speech after. I don't know if you saw it, um, but said, you know, I I don't feel the joy that I've got in here. He's been fighting for 20 years. He started his career down on the streets with actually with Kimbo Slice, which is really cool. He was kind of when Kimbo was doing his whole street fights thing on YouTube. And jeez, um, uh, what was that other site? E-Bombs World. Oh, throwback. E-Bomb's World. I don't know. Do you, do uh, I you know what E-Bomb's World is? I, never, I mean, I never okay. really went right. to it, but yeah, I'd seen, I remember hearing okay. it. It's like a, yeah, because that was the start of, that was the start of Kimbo Slice, dude, just knocking dudes out, and, and Masvidal was on there. Um, started his whole UFC down, you know, his fighting career down there uh, in Miami, and then got to finish it there. Uh, and then went full red pill. It was like this man talking about Trump. Yeah, it's, I this did, man I did is hear about the greatest one. president of all time. Da 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 da. And right? then said like, DeSantis is the greatest sure governor of all time. Yeah, because they were in Florida, yeah. as you know. So kind of, kind of walking the, you know, I don't know which one I'm going to pick type thing, which was cool to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was. I, I mean, during the whole pandemic, UFC was the only sport that was on, and it got me back into the sport. And I'm so happy that Dana has just been He's killing it. Very brash and and you know honest about his his views in life and everything like that and just you know hey this is what we're going to do you know and take it or leave it right but it's it's never been more popular and it's been amazing so yeah uh yeah big big weekend uh some a lot of a lot of good fights so yeah um real quick just because it's relevant and i saw this recently Dude, apparently there's a video of the Dalai Lama telling a kid to suck his tongue in front of a bunch of people. Like, he kissed him, for one, on the mouth, which maybe that's a cultural thing. I don't know. But this kid's, like, eight years old. The Dalai Lama sticks his tongue out and then says, suck my tongue. And Wait, you've seen this? Yeah. No, the video's out there. It was on Twitter. And you're just like, what the freak is going on? The Dalai Lama finally had an issue apology. It's an old video. It's like a few months old, so there was no apology until that video came out. Kind of like, this is bizarre. Like, the Dalai Lama is supposed to be like this reincarnated individual, right? Always re- yeah. reincarnating into this world. Like, anyway, like, well, you got to wonder what was going on in the last life. And I guess our next Dalai Lama is probably going to be on the forefront of their sexuality. LGBT, come and knocking. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, man. So monitor that. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Masters was this weekend as well. Uh, John Rahm goes into the final round with a two-shot deficit. Immediately flips that, has a two-shot lead Lead. going into the second nine. Um, Brooks just didn't have his best stuff in the fourth round, and... To all those live haters and the uh, commentary on that side, uh, you know, Brooks isn't used to playing four rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I know the live golfers just hate to hear it, but man, that just, it played, it could not have played out better for the true PGA fans, right? The haters of live, like all this other stuff, right? I, I could care less on both sides, right? I couldn't, I couldn't care less, but I, I enjoy watch. I'm, I'm so happy that, that 
Brooks was there. I'm so happy that Lefty Mickelson was there. Right, like he killed it. By the way, it was good to see them. Yeah, and and that, there were. I was going to talk about Lefty anyways, but like, it was good to see them back on TV. Right, and I know I can watch the the live tour, but I'm just like. I don't know how to watch it. I don't know. I'm not going to like invest in going and searching for it. Like I really don't care. Um, golf's usually a Saturday, Sunday background noise for me anyways. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, John Rom killed it. Dude's, John Rom, by the way, dude's one of the best players in the world right now. Him and him and Scotty and, and Jordan played really, really well as well. So worth pointing out that he's Arizona a state Spaniard went to Arizona state. Also, he had a tweet in 2013. I don't know if you saw this, in 2013, John Rom, I think this was before he was pro, takes mm-hmm. a picture of a fortune cookie thing, a fortune that says, like, you will be recognized for your great talents or something like that. And he put, he tweeted that picture out and then said in 2013, I'm going to win the Masters. Love it. How amazing is that? I think I love yeah. seeing stuff like that, dude. And John Rom seemed like a pretty well, good guy. I saw his speech at the end, and I was like, "What a what a good dude!" Yeah, I'm glad he won. Yeah, he is. I, they're always so like graceful when it comes to it, right? Like, like um, all golfer, all golfers. You mean? Yeah, like it's just I, I. It's never been. Obviously, it's it's not the type of sport that they're very brash and things it's like not that. A Ricky Bobby um, just pissing excellence. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you might be right. Uh, it who does, t- cult, culturally, who text, it kind of invites that. There were some other cool things. So Sevy's, it was Sevy's 40th year anniversary of his, yeah, he won in 83. 80 and 83, so that was Sevy's second one. Uh, so 40-year anniversary of that. Um, also, really cool thing, and this was from one of the announcers on the uh, broadcast. Uh, John Rom's caddy number, right? And do you know how the caddy numbers work? No. Okay, so the the defending champ gets number one, right? And then, however you register throughout the throughout the week, I okay. think it's on a Nance Monday was kind of describing they register like this at one point that I saw, but okay. I didn't quite catch it. So keep going, sorry. Okay, so the order that you go in to register, that's the number you get. So if you're the first one in line that day, you get number two, right? Because number one obviously goes to the defending champ, right? And then on through, right? John Rahm was number 49, okay? What was the date on Sunday? 4-9. Four, 4-9. Nine. Four, nine. Wow. It was really cool, yeah. Because like, that's the way my brain works too, right? You just kind of look at numbers and, and see things. And, and the fact that Jim Nance was saying this, I was like, oh, that is awesome. So I was like, I was all about it. Um, but yeah, so 40th anniversary for Seve and John Rahm wins that. Obviously, both Spaniards, things like that. Um, and then um, number 49, I'm trying to look. There was There was a point where somebody from the NFL, and I can't remember who it was, but they text. Oh, it was... Um... I know what you're talking about. It was Zach Ertz. There you, that's who it was. Yeah. yeah. So Zach this story Ertz was texted awesome. him yeah. Thursday morning, right? And he and John Rob says this in his It was a group chat with after. JJ Watt. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, JJ Watt posted okay. about it too. Okay. So <laughs> Zach Ertz goes, Man, number one looks easy or something yeah, the like greens, that. Right? The greens on number one look like a walk in the park or something like that. There you go. Yeah. And then he double bogeys four putts. Four putts. 
four putts on the first freaking green. I think text him back. He's like, well, it's not looking good. And J.J. Watt was like, hey, man. Like, initially, I think J.J. Watt said, just just pretend like you're playing against us and, and you'll win for sure. And then after right. he four-putted and didn't have, like, the best first day, J.J. Watt texted him again in that thread and was like, I said to play – like it's like you're playing against us, not like you're playing like us. <laughs> like us. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but yeah, so Ertz, good. Ertz, like, like, cause he got a shout out. Ertz got a shout out at the end from Rom saying, yeah. like, don't ever text me again. <laughs> yeah, don't. Let's not do that again. And then Ertz responded. He's like, Nah, dude. On the contrary, I'm gonna keep texting you because obviously it worked out. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny to see that uh, Zach Ertz married to let- a female soccer player, Julie Ertz. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, don't say yes. it like that, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of the Ertz. Nice. Um, but yeah, so Tiger um, Tiger had to withdraw, which kind of killed Sunday, obviously, for some fans. Um, yeah, but lefty, Phil, Phil Mickelson played his butt off. It was really cool to see him. Father Time like just not stopping. Yeah, yeah. yep. And uh, Jordan Spieth played really well. Yeah, I was um, bummed to see Spieth kind of blow it there on that last hole. I actually saw that one. That was a bummer. Well, I mean, he wasn't going to win either, either no, way. No, but, but he at was least he at been one tied point for third had with, taken over. Yeah. He had tied Kepka going into his last yeah. hole, and he could have like maybe gotten a one-stroke lead, but he just hit it into the freaking woods. I like Spieth a lot. Yeah. I think Spieth is a pretty good dude. Youngest, youngest yeah. to have that many top five finishes, though, ever. The dudes, the dude loves playing down there. So, and the other big story coming out of the Masters weekend was uh, am, the amateur uh, Sam Bennett. Yeah, and he killed it. This dude nerves of steel, man. The fact that an amateur came in and just dominated, Didn't he get, right? Like, just stayed with everybody or something like that. No, he was. Uh, yeah, he ended up being twentieth, but because he was plus three on the day, I believe, um, or plus four, possibly. But yeah, he was, I mean, what he said, opening round of 68 with another four under 68 on Friday, um, sole possession of third and fourth, four shots behind the leader, uh, Brooks at one point, um, and then ended up kind of fizzling out on, on the fourth day. But man, like watch out. Yeah, like, for real. Gol- like golf, it, it, all these young guys are just so good man like you can tell that golf is going to be in good hands for, for a sure. long long time with all these amazing young golfers um and i'm i'm really excited to see where it goes the masters here, is so. worth getting into man the Masters, like even if you don't it like is. golf you're just like it's like watching a painting for hours on tv for one it's beautiful and another like they're pretty a lot of good guys play golf like they're guys worth cheering for that amateur would have won like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars had he not been an amateur yeah that's how he played right Ugh. But obviously amateurs don't get paid. Which, okay, with with the whole name image likeness stuff, like how is that not able to? I mean, it's not. Now, is he, to do is he able to? Okay, but is he able to? This is just a PGA get a sponsorship rule. now. It's a I don't know. It's a PGA rule though. I'm sure. But it but it ruins your your it ruins your amateur amateur status right. But it also like it gets you out of the NCAA. That's the issue. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. I'm not sure how that works. But at the same time, like that sh- that money should be oh he'll be taken care of saved, right? I get that. But at the same time, like that should go into an account, right? That PGA should store that money and be like, hey, as soon as you become not an amateur anymore, right? Like here's your winnings. Hmm. 
that's the way it should work. You earn that money, right? Like, I agree, but it shouldn't be on the table. It should be like, hey, as soon as you're done playing in the you know the amateur status stuff, like this is your money. Like here, you can have it, right? We're putting it in a a fund, and we're gonna make money over hand over fist for you anyways. With you know, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I digress on that. Though know the details of this. I also well, got to get out of here pretty soon, but um, so next segment we got two. We got a new segment today that we're introducing to people, and we'll end with this one. Yes, because the the interview on the backside with Steve Little, yeah, phenomenal. Oh, so good. Fire man. me up, so so good. We've been sitting on this for a week now, and we are so excited about Seriously. this one. He's the creator of uh, one of the creators and and facilitators for. The scripture yeah, he's citation. He's the tech index. guy. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes. Behind the scenes. Phenomenal. Just, and it was, he was so easy to talk to. He was fun. Like, it was yeah. fun. It was interesting. He was engaging. It was, go figure. I mean, he's just really good at what yeah. he does. And he's a professor down at BYU. He's used to interacting with people all the time. But people we can't be friends with is back today because I thought of one. <laughs> and this is, this is a good one. I'm surprised I hadn't thought of this before. And there's a threshold here. I need to I need to preface this. <laughs> it's not that if you mention zodiac signs in any context that we're never going to be friends. It's how into it you are. And I and and there is a strong correlation between how into it you are and how much we're not going to be friends. <laughs> it's a sliding scale. Seriously, like I. <laughs> When I go on dates and these girls are like, what's your Zodiac sign? I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is your Zodiac sign, Harper? I actually do know. I know now. It's uh, well, Obviously, you do know. Uh, Libra. I'm a Libra. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm right on the line of Libra and Cancer, I think, because I'm September 25th. You, like, you are a Cancer. Besides the fact that I am a cancer, I'm also a Libra. Um, I'm a cancer to this podcast. So anyway, my my point is is that it's become increasingly apparent that I can't be friends with people who believe in zodiac signs as some sort of indication. as end be all right. What's that? Yeah, it's like an indication an of compatibility, yeah. especially or determinant for outcomes or things like that. They're putting a lot of weight. Like it's just it's so crazy to me how much weight they're putting on the idea of how they should feel about life based solely on the timeline of when their parents decided to have sex. <laughs> like seriously, they would rather use that as some sort of determining factor of how I should feel about life as opposed to like a greater power. Because why is it, by the way, there's an inverse correlation for the more you believe in zodiac signs and all that BS, you, the less you believe in God or a higher power. Because I swear those are inversely correlated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I enjoy looking at those things. I think it's cool. But I'm not like, oh my gosh, my, the moon and Mars just came in, Jupiter just left, and Mercury's now I'm going to be in a retrograde. Yeah, and the moon, the moon on the seventh solar something lunar. Yeah, no, I I enjoy looking at this stuff because it's actually really cool. Because I'm I'm a Capricorn and it's very like I can find things that I'm like, okay, cool. But is it not? You really push, it feels very really written that way, right? Here. No, no, no. I dude, I'm not. No, <laughs> again, it's the sliding scale. We already said this, right? 
Yeah. yeah, I enjoy reading it. I enjoy, you know, finding the descriptions of a Capricorn, right? Because I find the description in me, but I'm not like living and dying by it. I get it. By any means. Yeah. You know, it's it's cool to see. And then like I'll do an occasion like just randomly I'll look up like what's my daily horoscope like type thing, right? But it's just it is what it is. It's just it's fun. So it's same thing with like the the Chinese New Year stuff, right? Like the year of this, right? And um which you'll find if you're like, I think I'm a year of the snake was when I was born. I think I was, I can't remember, but yeah, like, like it's cool to just kind of look into like, other things. Like yeah. But it's cool to look into those things, but yeah, I, I agree. If people are putting too much money, you know, too much eggs in that basket, I'm like, yeah. Okay, well, you you do you, boo-boo. It's okay. One of the best tweets I've ever had. <laughs> now, this doesn't mean like it got a ton of retweets or likes or anything like that. It was just the one that I felt one of the proudest about was her, like on a, like I said, on a, on a date. And it was her, what's your Zodiac sign? And then me, colon, and a gif of, of Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump running out of his house and running down the street. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Quality gift yeah. I don't. Well, yeah, people that tell me to be somewhere to eat at 3 o'clock and then we don't eat till 4.15. Oh, good. We've come full circle here. Nice. Jordan, and Brit- Jordan and Brittany, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, new segment. New I'm segment sorry, for- Jordan and Brittany, I love you. Just just know that, okay? I love you guys. And you guys cook amazing food, so it was worth the wait. Okay, I love you. All right. That's to be, that's TBD for me. I've never eaten their food, so maybe we can rectify that here. But... But you've you've eaten my my mother's food, so oh, yeah, you've eaten my my fantastic. sister's food. Yeah. Um. All right. New segment. We're gonna call this simple pleasures. And more on a little positive note. Yes. I have to give a shout out to Theo Vaughn, who's hilarious. I saw the a rat. Clip. What's that? The rat. That's his nickname. Oh, I didn't even know that. I freaking love Theo Vaughn. <laughs> he, so do I. There's a video of him that I saw recently. Where he was just like, just going off. He's like, oh man. He's like, when that dog comes up to you and you pet it and it doesn't run off, ah! Oh! <laughs> it's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. Here's the thing he's not wrong. And I want to yeah. create a simple pleasure segment for that because that is my simple pleasure today. It's when a stranger's dog comes up to you very calmly and just like looks like you're a million dollars. Just big, big eyes. Do something with your hands that involves me. Please, 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 please. And so you pet it, and it's just like all of a sudden in cloud nine. Guess what? Then I'm on cloud nine. I love petting strangers' dogs that don't run away, that just like want to be your best friend in that moment. So that is a simple pleasure, and I love it, and I wanted to share that. That's awesome. Uh, Thinking on this, right? I think, let's see, what do I want to do? Yeah. All right. Simple pleasure. Great writing pens. Mm. Smooth, like those perfect pens that you just like love. Like I, I use the Sharpie uh, S gel pens. Love these yes, things, do. right? But it's a simple pleasure, right? Like That's even, a great one. I was actually at, I was actually at brunch with Casey last time I was up there and they brought out, this pen to sign the check and I go, Oh, 
Casey, this pen. And of course he goes, he go he, he drops the, you're turning into, you're turning into your parents line on me. And I go, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably right. Cause my dad was the same way. My dad loves pens as well, but it's like, you know, simple pleasures in life, right? A good writing pen. You can't be because when you get so a bad weird. one, it's like, oh, I hate this pen. Like, Seriously. stop. Like, I, give me something else to write with. Give me a pencil. Yeah. I don't care. I'm good. I think part yeah. of the reason why we had such great writers in certain times of like, especially like for the revolution, like those guys, like the founding fathers loving all their writing, the, the quill. constitution, yeah. all that stuff. It's because they had a quill pen, dude. They just loved writing. Like, that's why. They could use a feather. Yeah. Instead, we're like, well, let's go for efficiency. Let's just stick some ink in a tube and make sure it lasts for a very long time. Well, it turns out that doesn't matter because nobody's ever finished out a pen in the history of pens. So what really is important is just enjoying the feeling of writing, going back to those quill pen yes. days. I could not agree with you yes. more to the point where you even inspired me to get – because I used your pen. Attaboy. In Vegas, the S-Gel yes. Sharpie .7. I bought this yep. a day or two after using – yours because you're not wrong there's a there's a, a lot of pleasure in that man that's almost not a simple pleasure good that's it that might be uh what's what's the word uh sim- what's what's the opposite of simple <laughs> complicated that's a complicated complex <laughs> that's a complex pleasure. that's a complex yeah i'm pretty complex sure that makes pleasure. sense that's so well, good. With that, brother, All I right, think well, we got to wrap it up here. That's yes. a good way to end. But yeah, shout out to Steve Little once again because we're about to go into his segment. It was an awesome interview. Steve, like I said, easy to talk to. Really cool story about how the whole Scripture Citation Index was concocted, how it was developed. And he's on the developing side of things. And it was so fun talking to him. He's got some great insights. He talks about his own study habits, which is something I want to talk about more with guests as they come on because I think there's a lot of ideas to be shared about that. So. Brian, do you have no anything to say no about doubt. that? And he, and he gave, uh, he gave two links, uh, the one, the scriptures.byu.edu is the main scripture citation index. The other one, okay, and we'll, we'll tag these on, on the post, uh, scriptures.byu.edu slash map script with mm-hmm. no T. It's not no script, T. it's script, okay? So S, script. S-C-R-I-P script okay uh but that actually takes the old testament uh new testament and dnc and it maps it out on an actual interactive map of what section happened in certain certain cities certain towns states countries all the above so really really cool stuff i hope you guys enjoy because me and harper both really really enjoyed and uh until until next week but real quick, though, it was funny. <laughs> we were like, I bet we could give him like maybe some cool idea of what he can do with something that you and I would really like a lot. And it turns out he's like, oh, yeah, you can do that. And he like showed us live on the podcast. And we're like, oh, go figure. You just need to That's it. That's all we wanted. That's all. Yeah, yeah we're good. Okay, well, all right. Okay, we can end it. podcast is over. But that was good. It was funny. He was just awesome. So could not agree more with you. Yes. Brian. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, all right. Well, till next week. I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Our uh, guest today on Latter-day Takes is one of the creators of the website and corresponding mobile app known as Scripture Citation Index, a graduate of BYU where he received his PhD in computer science in 1995. He is a current BYU faculty member, a department chair, and professor of information or information systems, Mr. Steve Little. 
Thank you so much for joining us, man. Oh, man, I'm so it's pumped. great to be. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Well, well actually, you. real quickly, is it Mr. Steve Little? Is it Brother Steve Little? Is it is it Dr. Steve Little? Or is it President Steve Little? Because I actually read up on that. that I, I don't know if you still are, but you were stake president at one point. <laughs> I, uh, so it's all of the above. Yes, I've been serving for almost eight years in the Northridge Stake here in Orem. As go. the president. So I think I have one more year. I, my wife keeps telling me, don't say that because they'll give you another year. <laughs> uh, it's, it is a real privilege to serve. And um, I count my blessings that I've had this no opportunity. Doubt. Yeah. Great. Well, we're happy to have you yeah. on. Seriously. Thank you so much for taking the time. We are very excited. Um, I hope you could feel the excitement through the emails that, we, that Harper was sharing um, because... We've been, he, so the way me and Harper kind of connected was definitely through this website that you guys have in the this app. This is one of them. Like, sure. Seriously. It, yes, because yeah, we, no. we both love doing deep dives into things and that's kind of how we do our scripture study. Um, being able to cross reference all this other stuff and citation index has absolutely just changed the way we, we go about our study and we absolutely love it. We'll take literally one scripture and just deep dive into everything. It's amazing, amazing stuff. So, um, the, the one question that I had, and this is, this came up when we actually reached out to you was, um, how, how did everything get started on, on your end? Um, obviously we'll kind of start there. Um, but yeah, I just, we, we kind of want to just start from there and then we'll, uh, we'll take it from, uh, after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of the story here. So, um, I've been acquaintances, I had been acquaintances with another professor at BYU for some time, Richard Galbraith, uh, Dick, as we call him. Uh, so Dick is the creative genius behind this. He came to me in 2004 and he said, Steve, I've got this citation index. And he had used WordPerfect and he had typed up these multi-column citation indexes for Journal of Discourses, for General Conference. Uh, he, had, he had done even an edition of Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith that he uh, labeled the scriptural teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, where he had gone through what the Prophet had said and he had annotated, well, here he's referencing this scripture or that scripture. Just an amazing resource. Dick studies memory and in, in children especially, and, and he has a fantastic memory. And his, I believe it was his grandmother taught him to really love the scriptures. And uh, so with his amazing love for the scriptures and memory that he has, he started making these indexes. And he came to me in 2004 and he said, Steve, I've got this index. And, uh, you know, he had a printed spiral bound copy. Uh, I'd like to be able to share this with my friends more. Can you help me put this on CD-ROM so I can share it with my friends? And I said, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but we're going to build a website. How about and so, yeah. <laughs> We're dating ourselves well, now. Look at us. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I don't know. It would, it would be a lot of floppy disks. But uh, so, so I had worked at a startup. I don't know, 35 years ago, where one of the things we did was we created a full text, fully searchable Bible, and it was called Bible Quest. The name of the company was InfoQuest, and we had created this thing, Bible Quest, and I had experience doing full text search and retrieval software. And, um, and I think Dick knew this, 
but anyway, even if he didn't, uh, he, he knew that I had some interest in, in software development and in the scriptures, and, and uh, we started collaborating on this project. And so, you know, we, we uh, took that data he had in WordPerfect and transformed it into other formats, got it into a database, put it behind a website there, and um, we launched scriptures.byu.edu. The first interface wasn't great, but it did the job. And I guess I can even say today's interface isn't super awesome. I've got some great ideas on how to improve it. But uh, anyway, there's, there's always something more to do with this. Um, anyway, that's how, how it got started. That's awesome. Well, I'm no, I'm no creative genius, far from it. Uh, but the interface seems pretty user-friendly. I actually feel like since I've even started using it, which was probably pretty consistently over the last five, six years, um, it's even gotten better, I've noticed. I thought maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. Okay, there, so stay tuned because I have some ideas on how to improve it. Um, but you know, more to come. Little, little oh, breaking news. I've been too busy it. lately to. Yeah, <laughs> I've been too busy lately to push all of my ideas uh, all the way out to implementation, and so every six months we do update it. Of course, because General Conference comes along, and uh, we have people like President Oaks giving a talk full of scriptures, <laughs> yeah. um, and we're going to grow the database. It, it's you know. Five to six hundred citations every six months that get added to the database. That's awesome. So, so during President Oaks' talk, were you just sitting there, just like cringing, just be like, "Oh gosh, no, there's no, so much no, programming no. that has to take place now." Actually, if you look at the footnotes, to uh, I've I've automated a lot of the work. By the way, uh, we can maybe talk about that later. But um, there are some people who will speak, and they've got like uh, dozens of citations, dozens of footnotes. Uh, full of multiple citations. And so I don't think President Oaks will even be the top count of oh, wow. number of citations in this past conference. Uh, somebody will have gone through and done a whole bunch of footnotes with lots and lots of references to other scriptures that will make it into the index here. And also oh, like references to other conference talks as well. I've noticed that, right? Like they'll, they'll be, you know, uh, President Nelson's talked about this or President Hinckley's talked about this. And then immediately it has that, that, you know, that footnote, and I think that's the coolest thing about the citation index is the fact that you don't have to go down to the footnote to be like, okay, well, I need to search one, right? It's already already there and I can like see it. And I just, I think it's so cool the way you do it. Um, but it's cool that you kind of brought up the scriptures specifically, like the quoting of these scriptures, because we had a question, me and Harper, is there a way to find like a, you know, top 10, top 100, uh, most quoted scriptures within general conference, because that was the biggest thing for yes. me. Like we created a word cloud from general conference last October and now to this April to see what, you know, these talks were talking about specifically, you know, what words were they using most specifically, but is there like a top 10 for, uh, you know, most quoted scripture? Yes. So if you go to the website, I don't have this in the mobile apps for iOS or Android, but in the website, on the website, in the upper right corner, there's a little filter icon. It looks like three lines in a triangle pointing downward. And you tap on that filter, and then you have uh, sort by and group by choices here. Uh, if you choose to sort by citation frequency, then you'll get what you're looking for a descending list of most popular scriptures. Moses 139 has consistently been the top seller among scriptures. There are 361 citations prior to this most recent conference. 
Okay, wait, wait a second, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 we're, we're all doing this live right now. Here we go. <laughs> this is great. I've got it pulled up on my iPad, so I, I got to see this. So you go, you do any speaker, yeah. and it's from the years 1830 to, to present, and you just do sort by scripture and just hit filter? Yep. Like, it just basically how it comes uh, in standard, you just hit filter? Yes. Wow. Filter in the upper right corner, and then citation frequency is the sort by. There it is. All right, so your top five, you have Moses 139, Joseph Smith History 117, uh, Dan, what is that? Uh, Daniel. Dan, oh, Daniel 2, Daniel 44, 2, Revelations 14, 6, and John 17, 3. That is well, amazing. Well, I think our work Correct. here is done. Yep, then. that's it. That's all we needed. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Okay. Now, what you'll find if you change the year range, you'll discover that back in the day, uh, in the early history of the saints, Daniel 2.44 was by far the most popular scripture because they were talking, you know, that's the rock cut out of the mountain without hands. And they're talking about building the kingdom of God in the latter days. And they were all about that. that very popular scripture. And that hasn't been cited nearly as much in more recent years. Moses 139, on the other hand, uh, if you look at when it has been cited. It's still number four uh, in the a... search I just did in the last... Sorry to cut you off, Steve, but in, yeah, since that's okay. 2020, that's Moses 139 is still number four, to your point. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the most popular scriptures change over time, and you can even filter it to say, well, what does President Monson like to cite, or what does President Nelson like to cite? And um, you'll see those those most popular scriptures. Oh, I'm so excited so, right and, now. And you... <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm the same way. Oh my gosh, man, this is so cool. I'm, I like. I was even telling people, I'm like, listen, we like we just interviewed Tad Collister this week, and we dropped that episode. I heard it. Um, it we we have some really cool guests that we get to talk to, but I, I don't. I think I might be nerding out the most on you. I'm not even kidding. Like I don't. No. I don't know what that means. Too what much. that says, but I actually I told my dad. I was like, actually, I contacted one of the scriptural citation. I say scriptural. I'm pretty sure I get that wrong, but scripture citation. That's index. okay. Um, and he he told me he's like, well, you know who told you about that, right? And I was like, yeah, I think you did. And he's like, yeah. Well, tell him, tell tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. And he like <laughs> he's like, tell him he's doing great work or something. He like definitely wanted his it like his uh, his accolades given from him to you somehow because he he loves it too and he well, did tell you. me about it and it's. I actually something I wanted to share with you too. I spoke in my own my former ward maybe two years ago, maybe a year mm -hmm. and a half ago roughly, and I was asked. Part of the talk was asked to share kind of like tools of the gospel, and they meant physical tools, not just spiritual tools. And I was like, well, one that I know I love using is the Scripture Citation Index, and so I told them about the app. I told them what it is, how it's an aggregate, and the sites, you know, all the general authorities and and what sites like citations they use. And no joke, like 10 people in my ward probably came up to me later and were like, what is that? Is this it? And they were like pulling up their phone and I was like, that's it. And it's because it has absolutely transformed the way I study. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing where it's like I, getting you on here to talk about that. And, and, and obviously, I mean, we don't want to do a disservice to, uh, to Richard Galbraith here because, you know, this is kind of his, his concoction. But you've put it into a form that is easy for people like us to use and identify with. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. Well, it definitely is a partnership and it's a labor of love. Now, before I forget, what's your dad's name? Chris Anderson. Chris, Chris, thank you for the kind words and for uh, sharing this. Uh, love you, brother. <laughs> love it. 
He loves you too. I appreciate that. I'll, he'll be he'll be stoked to hear that. He's definitely a fanboy as well. <laughs> so it it really has been a fun project to work on. And uh, the the key insight behind the citation index is that you connect the words of ancient prophets with modern prophets. And obviously, the modern prophets are the most important to us. You know, we have a living prophet today, President Nelson, who is receiving revelation as we speak and who's teaching us every every six months and more often even. And we need to listen to that. And, but seeing how the words of our modern prophets connect with the ancient prophets really brings a lot of insights and helps us to understand better the whole picture of the gospel, the restored gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. And I think they talked about that in conference, right? We're not forgetting the words of the old for the new or replacing it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to your point, exactly. So it's it's really cool to be able to connect those two, right? I mean, like, oh, well, you know, uh, Brigham Young talked about this, Joseph, Joseph Smith, or Joseph Fielding Smith talked about this, Joseph Smith talked about this, and then be able to pull those into modern times as well. Um, just put a modern twist on it, right, with with the living prophets today, you know, Hinckley, Monson, and, and uh, Nelson, obviously, within the 2000s. So uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, obviously, we, you know, I know reading the main uh, part, you have a team of people, obviously, at the bottom. Um, I also went to the end of it, and they were talking about the 1943 Improvement Era conference talks during the wartime paper shortages that is actually on, on the website as well. Um, and they also uh -huh. said that you guys have the uh, link to the first edition of the Journal of Discourses from L. Tom Perry Special Collections, Harold B. Lee Library, uh, Brigham Young University. Uh, the library provides further access to other important scan texts and manuscripts at the Lee uh, Library Digital Collections. So is there a most interesting um, scan text manuscript on the website that you enjoy? Oh, golly. Uh, how would I answer that one? I mean, it's like asking what's right. your favorite child, right? <laughs> well, actually, on that note, we were going to ask which one of your six is your favorite child. <laughs> There Every single one that's, of them. That's the answer. Whichever one is with me at the time, that's the favorite, right? Perfect. <laughs> no, actually, actually, they've taken second uh, tier to yep. our grandchildren. We have eight grandchildren now, and so, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to my kids, but uh, I love my grandchildren. It's it's great that's to be awesome. around them. Yeah, anyway. your grandchildren are the dividends that you you get for having to go through raising your own kids. That makes sense. Well, and for not having murdered your teenage. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Checks out. Oh, so. that's so good. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so do I have a favorite? I So I'm partial to the words of the prophet and the, our current prophet. And that's where I really like to go. The historical stuff provides great, uh, great background. So Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith is just a gem that I've loved since I was a teenager. And... Yes, there are ways to uh, go do better scholarship on some of that work than was done at the time. Uh, and so we now have the teachings of the Presidents of the Church series, but uh, I, I think it, it, uh, there's a flavor to teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith that's just unique and, and precious. And I, I love going back to the words of the Prophet Joseph Smith, too. Um, and Dick and I have edited a, a an edition of the Journal of Discourses that you can now buy a full 26 volume plus multiple volumes of indexes and and topical indexes as well as scripture citation indexes of the Journal of Discourses. 
and Deseret Book will will sell that to you if you'd like. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I believe the price currently is three ninety nine for that uh, set of leather bound. It's really a beautiful collection of the Journal of Discourses, and um, you know Brigham Young has his own. There's a there's a personality, a distinct personality to each prophet, and as you go through and you read their teachings, um, you you get more of a sense for those individuals and and they were real people and our current prophet is a real person and he understands the context that uh, that we're in today he he understands it uniquely and has such great insights anyway so asking me to pick a favorite i can't do that but we have a whole range of materials and i think on a previous podcast you were debating how far back can you get the general conference report so 1942 is when uh, the Improvement Era started reporting General Conference. Prior to that, it only showed up in the conference report. We have chosen not to do a scripture citation index for the conference report between the Journal of Discourses era and 1942. There are some, you can go get PDFs of of those conference reports on archive.org. They have all of those scanned. And I'm not sure where else you can find them, but archive.org would be accessible to everybody. but, you know, the, the, the words of modern prophets and the words of the prophet of the restoration, I think, are the places where we want to focus our energy in this. So anyway, there's more that could be done. We often get requests, well, why don't you go index speeches.byu.edu where all of those wonderful devotionals and things are, are housed. And that would be awesome, too. But, you know, it just it takes a lot of work to yeah, do that sort no of thing. And I think, I mean, you guys do a really good job of, of even quoting those talks from like um within actual conference talks right if they're quoting something from the enzyme or you know leahona or whatever it is you guys still have those links but they're just linking to you know the church's website which is really cool yeah so the way that we produce it these days is i have a i have a crawler that goes to the church website and uh it it goes and it finds those links that are embedded into the the html into the web version of that talk and we'll extract all of those, and uh, I put them into a spreadsheet, and I send it over to Dick, and I say, okay, Dick, time to look through the list of citations that got extracted, and we'll invariably find a few that were missed or uh, some that are coded wrong, and we'll try to tell the church when we find uh, something that's not coded properly. Um, But uh, most, most of the citations are actually already hyperlinked in the church's material. And it's just a matter of processing them in a way that you can turn them into this reverse index that goes from the scripture back to the right. talks. That's awesome. Uh, I think the other thing, too, is you were speaking about the tones of, of older prophets, right? But also, because I, I, I've said it multiple times, like anytime you hear modern day prophets and apostles, like you can hear these tones. They're constantly talking about the same thing. You know, it seems like, you know, Bednar talking about going out and doing and, you know, talking about bearing testimony and things like that. And then Iring are, you know, life experiences and, and Uchtdorf and the way he, the, his tone, it's just, so it's so cool that you, that you kind of see that same thing with, with the older prophets and, you know, seeing what they're um, talking about on a consistent basis and, and that personality coming through their talks. Yeah, Joseph Smith was such a magnanimous, generous person. That's maybe, those are two of the adjectives that stand out for me about the prophet Joseph. He just, he would forgive easily. And, and um, you know, people would be out for murder and for blood. And the next day he'd be welcoming them back 
you know. Uh, Two stories that come and, to mind and, immediately in my mind is uh, W.W. Phelps and also um, Orson Pratt. Are you familiar with the Orson Pratt story? That one, yes. that one, that one is tr- tragic, but it ends amazingly well for at least Orson Pratt and Joseph Smith and how Joseph Smith literally said to Orson Pratt, he's like, I felt like you had never left. And you're reading this, and you're just like so moved by it. Anyway, sorry. I just I love yeah, that you're saying. I agree. That, like I've seen those stories as well. I wish we had more people like that today who would be forgiving. And to President Nelson's comments, more civil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, you're you're not wrong about that. And I it, it's it I, I this is probably somewhat of a tangent right now because I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I have thought about lately how much people are targeting Joseph Smith now. And it seems like that's increasing, which is kind of weird because normally the opposite happens. Like the more time you have away from something, people start to forget about it. It's irrelevant, whatever. But I feel like Joseph Smith has never been more relevant, especially to people that are trying to disprove something, which may tell you a little bit about the effectiveness of what he did and the true uh, veracity of it all, so to speak. And... I, I was thinking how it's it's unbelievable how so many people have attacked him all throughout his, not just his life, but post-life, and it's Satan's powerful. That's all I got to say about that, because you, anyway, I'm like I said, I'm going on a tangent here, and I want to get yeah. back to... Well, the angel the angels told him straight up, this is what's going to happen, yeah. right? Your name's going to be had for good and evil throughout the world, and throughout the ages, so... Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. No surprise. Nothing yeah. new under we, the sun. We've, no set, we've said it on multiple occasions. Uh, what is it? It's the, if he, if he didn't translate this book, then he's the greatest writer of all time. Yeah. He's either, a, <laughs> he's either a genius or he's inspired. Right. And, you know, if you're inspired, like a lot of times God kind of forms you into a genius anyway, yeah. but he's either this, like one of the best writers of all time. Creating the Book of Mormon. Or inspired. Right. Yeah. And it's like if he even if if that's all he was, if he was just one of the best writers of all time, I think he still probably has a lot of philosophies I'd like to follow anyway. Exactly. So it's kind of a win-win. Yep. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> I happen to know for I know I know that this is all true. So that that doesn't really it's not it's a non-issue. But I wanted to go Can back. I join you in that <laughs> testimony. Sorry, go ahead. Of course, thank you. Um, so I want to go back a little bit because Brian did mention how it kind of brought us together. Funny enough. Um, I remember Brian came up. So Brian lives in Las Vegas, and he came up to Utah to, I remember this weekend. I don't know if you remember specifically when it happened, Brian, but here I am to remind you. He came up for a weekend. We were all hanging out. He left, I think, either that Sunday or Monday, and I got a random call. And this is the very, very beginning stages of mine and Brian's relationship. Now, we had hit it off at, at a Lake Powell trip last summer, but at that point, we're still kind of finding you know, our, what our relationship was, I guess. And I get a call from him. And he's like, hey, man, I want because we definitely bonded over the gospel. That was very early on. And specifically our respective stories about kind of like how we've gone away from certain like at certain times of our lives, but how we've come back and how we want to stay on this path forever. And how do we keep tethered to that, the gospel, to the rod? He calls me. And he says, hey, man, I got something to show you. He's like, pull up your phone. And he starts to like kind of walking me through what to type into the search for the app. And I was like. He's like, it's this really cool tool that I use for studying. And I was like, oh, the scripture citation index. I was like, yeah, I've been using this for years. And he's like, you have? He's like, dude, like this is kind of recent for me. And I've been wanting to share it with tons of people. And I'm like, I'm right there with you, man. And so from there, he and I actually started doing shortly after that, maybe a month or two, regular 
meetups where we'll get together and we'll just talk gospel. We'll just like talk self-improvement, like what do we want to do to, you know, get better in, in life in general, and then always something with the gospel and your website, scriptures.byu.edu, the scripture citation index has been a focal point of a lot of our discussions. So once again, just kind of to hopefully that gives you some fulfillment just coming from us specifically because it really has been very impactful for both of us. Well, that's really, that's great to hear. And thank you for sharing that. I, it is a labor of love and this comes from the heart. There are benefits to me too, from doing this, but I don't get paid, uh, directly to do this what what i i mean i'm a byu professor and so this is part of my research agenda so in a way you know byu is paying me to work on this and other things mm-hmm. but um th- uh, this has been um just such an interesting project from a technology standpoint uh iphone came out in 2009 and so dick and i were talking about this and we decided we better try to make a, an app for ios and uh, I had a student help me out with the first version of that, and uh, he went and experimented on some things, and then uh, we went and, and uh, rewrote what he had done. And, and I have rewritten this probably 50 times in various forms. I had a student, actually, when Windows Phone came out, I had a student who wanted to explore, hey, could we do the app for Windows Phone? Now, and yes, we did. Oh, wow. Of course, Windows Phone. Who knows where Windows Phone is today? <laughs> in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> in a museum. Uh, but, you know, Android and iOS have the staying power, of course. But uh, I use this as a way to keep engaged with technology. Web development changes. Every year there's something new in web development. And as I continue to maintain this citation index, I learn new technologies that I then get to go use in the classroom and share with my students. And I have them do example projects. Um, there's a little, I don't know, an Easter egg that uh, maybe we could call it. If you go to scriptures.byu.edu slash map script, M-A-P-S-C-R-I-P, you'll find a little uh, demonstration project that a friend of mine, Taylor Halverson, he brought another idea to me saying, hey, what if we put a map side by side with the scriptures and put pins on the map for all the locations that are in the scriptures? And um, anyway, so, uh. so you can go there and you can see... Where are all of those places that they're talking about in the Bible? Here, wait, what was it? Scriptures.byu.edu slash map. Map scripts. S-C-R-I-P, no T. Okay, no T. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's incredible. I got it pulled up right here. It it takes you right to a satellite view of, like, Israel, like ancient, like Jerusalem and that whole area. And you have... Yeah. And so navigate to a chapter and it'll show you pins for all the places in that chapter. That's incredible. Isaiah 18, uh, Mount Zion, pinned right to it. Yeah. Right. Now, some of the places there are a little speculative. I got the the locations for these pins from openbible.org. They have a, a whole uh, array of, of place names there that they've coded. But um, I've gone through and I've done the church history uh, websites in Doctrine and Covenants and places like that. So those are quite accurate. And uh, let's see, Book of Mormon. Yeah, we haven't done Book yeah, of Mormon. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in due time. I actually, time. <laughs> I served in the Yucatan Peninsula, and I, uh, as missionaries, we're always sitting there like, where did it happen? Like, where, like, what is, and there's. Which country? Uh, in Mexico. So, yeah, so Mexico, the Yucatan, like where Cancun, where Merida is, and yeah. there's, there's actually tons of, it's Chichen Itza. It's where Chichen Itza is. And okay. Tulum. Okay. 
And uh, yeah. there's a lot. We love to talk about like what could have taken place down there. And there's a lot of reason to believe that maybe there was some Book of Mormon ancestry there. But um, yeah, I served in Guatemala, so oh, yeah, I it was feel right you. around I, that area. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Peten, the Tikal pyramids that you see in Star Wars and elsewhere. Um, ruins all over the place, and and it's not hard to imagine those being uh, Lamanite cities. It really or, isn't. You know, yeah visualization behind that is amazing which which years were you in guatemala 84 to 86 okay. so you've got my own brother he was in guatemala by about eight years roughly um eight or yeah. ten years he and his wife actually separately served in different guatemala missions by happenstance oh, okay um anyway yeah so one thing i wanted to point out too because i actually read your byu speech as well that you gave in 2016 and I, I loved your approach to the word dominion, and this all kind of ties back mm. to the scripture citation index because this is another point that Brian and I have bonded over as well, is you specifically take the word dominion and you talk about the positive aspects because a lot of times it's a negative connotation, right? It's people use it to yeah. control others, and to your point in, in your speech, which, forgive me, I've uh, wait, I actually think I still have it. Yeah, choose to be... Uh, Oh, sorry, without compulsory means, which is your whole point about Correct. like if you're if you're to be diminutive, but without compulsory means, it's actually that's more like God, which I took the same idea with the word zealous. Because a lot of times zealous has a negative connotation because people are constantly using it with the word over. So overzealous is kind of the only time you really hear zealous being used. But if you go to the scriptures, and what I've done through your app is to find those connections and to see how prophets have spoken about them and general authorities, zealous is actually very positively talked about in certain contexts in the Book of Mormon. In fact, the only time it's negative is when it's overzealous, because otherwise you have the anti-Nephi-Lehi's being the most zealous people of the of the gospel. And what, what we know about the anti-Nephi-Lehi's is that they were one of the best examples of faith as a people that we have in the Book of Mormon. So a little relationship there, and that's something I shared with Brian, and we were going through the Scripture Citation Index trying to find more references to that, and we're just nerding out once again. And I thought that was cool that you did the same thing with the word dominion. Yeah, dominion means influence. It means power, and, and it can be used righteously. It doesn't have to be used unrighteously. And that's what Section 121 teaches us to do, is to have righteous dominion. Mm-hmm. and or righteous influence I want to influence my children and grandchildren to, to walk the covenant path I, that's what I want to teach others around me to do that's what I want to do myself and um, yeah that's the kind of dominion I want yeah absolutely and and people have hijacked that idea and turned it into this like brainwashing is what you hear now people are like oh brainwashing it's like no hold yeah. on a second though influence is it's gonna happen it, it's it's inevitable and so why not make this influence positive and then people just, anyway, they've used it. Sorry, I'm going on a rant again. I can't help myself. Yeah. Probably well, we use the term now influencers, right? You two are influencers in this, in this blogosphere that we have. And uh, we want to be influencers. It's a good thing. Yeah. We want to share and, and convince and, and uh, show other people good ways of doing things. Yeah. So, and zealous, I'd say that's exactly the same kind of thing. This is a great parallel. You've got the people of Lamoni who were converted by uh, their interactions with Ammon and the spirit they felt and the visions they saw and, and they became zealous for doing righteousness. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, 
Well, as so we don't want to take too much of your time, but I do have some more questions that I want to just kind of rapid fire yeah. your way. Um, fire away brian did you have anything you want to do before i got uh i mean he's he's already shared some nuggets and that was the biggest thing i think there was going to just be if you have any other you know useful tips for using uh scripture citation index i mean you've given two amazing ones with the being able to search the uh the most quoted scriptures and then obviously the map script is phenomenal and i'm so excited to dive into that because i'm very contextual like i love dnc now because of being able to understand like history, right? U.S. history, things like that. But also the Book of Mormon. There, I have a Book of Mormon version that actually gives you the uh, location on where our you know per, our supposed location, but also the speakers within within that, and that that helps bring you know it all together because sometimes it it'll be you know the wording just kind of throws me off. I'm like, wait, who's talking here? I'm like trying to figure it out, and I finally have found this yeah. one same yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. okay, this is who's speaking type stuff. So it's really cool. So. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great resource. So the other thing I guess that I'd point out about the website is that there's a, a very detailed search feature available. And so I, I don't know how much you've used that, but you go to the upper right again of the website and uh, you go to the, sorry, it's the lower right. You go to the search uh, feature there and you can you can go between talks and scriptures and search those independently. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're searching the scriptures, you can narrow it down by by the volume of the scriptures, is it the Old Testament, the New Testament? We do have the full Joseph Smith translation mm-hmm. of the Bible in there, uh, or you can just go with what is footnoted in the Latter Day Saint scriptures and search those. And you can turn the sort by relevance on or off, so that you can say, "Well, show me the answers in the order they come in the scriptures," or "Show me the verses that use these terms that I'm searching more rather than less." And on the talk side of the thing, you can again say, well, I just want to search General Conference, or I just want to search Journal of Discourses, or whatever. And uh, you can narrow the years, you can narrow down the speakers, and um, some some great features there. We use an open source search in, index called the uh, Lucene Search Index, and it's it's done by the Apache Software Foundation. It's, it's really got some great features, and and there are some hidden abilities in there that you probably don't know about. Like you can, you can ask it, um, I want to see these two words within three words of each other. I was actually doing this just the other day as I was thinking about the, the phrase higher and holier. So if, if you put the words higher and holier in quotes, and then you do the tilde character and three maybe, then it'll find all occurrences of the words higher and holier that are within three words of each other. Wow. And anyway, so if you want to nerd out, there's some really interesting abilities in the Lucene search software. And that's probably something you could Google pretty easily to like get the kind of how those keys work. Yeah. And, and we do have some instructions on the website. I don't know how easy they are to get to, but um, we do have some instructions about how to search in, in that center section of the when you when you go there there's a there's a section halfway down and it'll talk about some of the yeah exactly and so uh there are some amazing capabilities for wild carding the words and and for um uh i don't know if the phrase search discussion is in there or not um or the proximity search is in there yes it is there's a yeah it's uh, angels and sentinels find documents where sentinels is separated from angels by at most 10 words right okay 
So, and then if, if there are words that you want to include or exclude, you can put, put a plus or a minus in front of them and, and some things like that. Amazing. And so a lot of people tell us that they love the searchability of the citation index because it can be so precise. Oh, yeah. You guys were better than the gospel library app from the church at one point the gospel library app has improved quite a bit but at one point i would go to the scripture citation index before i would go to the gospel library app no no joke you guys were you had it down yeah they'll do a thing called stemming where they you type in a word and it'll find words that are close to that word and you know send you you might have ing sending or sender or some other things like that and and so they'll they'll try fairly aggressively to find what you're looking for by, by finding things that are similar to what you've typed in. And the Lucene search engine that we use, it doesn't have that capability. At least we have not implemented that capability. We have said, we're going to straight up search for what you have typed in because we assume you know what you want. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's definitely. Um, all right. So a couple of rapid fire for okay. you. Uh, I want to point out, that your email was one of the best responses I've ever gotten to uh, reaching out to somebody to come on the podcast because you had you in- included a reassurance that you do not possess a lot of the qualities we've mentioned before on the podcast and people oh. that we can't be friends with. <laughs> it was phenomenal. So I've got to ask. Right. Our called me after. He's like, dude, did you see the email? And I'm like, I'm, I'm busy working on stuff. I look at it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Well, I listened. I listened to a number of episodes to see is hey, is this a podcast that I can uh, uh, come yes. on and, and be proud of? And the answer is yes. Uh, and and you know, I, okay. So I'll just tell everybody, I'm not ever going to wear a speedo. Okay. <laughs> you and me so both. Good. You and me both. Okay. Oh, Thank you. So Thank good. you. Wish we could say the same for Brian, but apparently he likes to use it under his suit or something. I don't know. I don't like to go into too many details. Yeah, I want yeah, to yeah, yeah. We don't need to yeah, talk about on, that. Not, not time and place. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I had to ask, did you did you come with any qualities with with people that you you don't like about some of your friends that you'd want to share on the pod? No pressure. Just I had to ask. Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, It's hard for me to be friends with somebody who lingers too long when the moment has passed and, you know, you're kind of done visiting and you want to kind of get out of there and. Is he hinting at something? <laughs> Good to know. I want to stay friends, so let's end it now. Oh my gosh, it's so Present good. company excluded. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, sure, okay. I get that. You know, as a leader of the church, I, I bet you experienced that quite a bit. You don't have to answer that. I'll just say it. <laughs> I'll take the fifth. There you go, one. smart. Um, how many visits does the index get? Do you guys mo- monitor any of that? So I used to pay really close attention to it, and I don't watch that nearly as much as I used to. But there are thousands of people who use all the three different properties every week. So um, the Android, the iOS, and the website, they each get independently thousands of different visits on the order of five to 10,000 probably. Per month, you said? Per week. Per week. Per yeah. week. Per week. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that number's only going to grow. I'm convinced. I mean... The way I heard, because this hasn't been marketed at all. Right? It's I mean, all been word of as mouth. As far as I could tell, word of mouth. Yeah. And yeah. it's incredible where it's been just for the word of mouth. And it's only going to grow and it's going to be exciting to see that growth. Yeah, there have been hundreds of thousands of unique visitors over the years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. 
Um, that sounds roughly like our podcast, Brian. I think we're kind of in that. We're <laughs> trying. Uh, one can dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a favorite story in the Book of Mormon? Now, I know for I have to be reflexive about these questions a lot because if I got asked that, what would I say? And the answer is I don't have a single favorite, but it changes quite a bit as long as, you know as my life goes on. And so, is there a current one or one that you like to recall lately or anything yeah. like that? Uh, so that's a great point. I have a lot of favorites in there and a lot of favorite verses too. But I would tell you, if I were going to recount a favorite story, it's probably the Stripling Warriors, Helaman's sons, as he called them, the 2000 and then 60, and how they were exactly obedient. And when Captain Helaman told them, hey, here's what I need you to do. We're going into battle. They obeyed with exactness. And I tell our missionary candidates, hey, look, if you'll be an exactly obedient missionary, you'll be a powerful missionary. And you won't just experience blessings, you'll experience miracles. And that's what these young men experienced. And that's what each one of us can experience, too, if we'll be exact in our obedience. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. That was always a favorite of mine growing up, too, was the Stripping Warriors, same way. My mom always would quote that one, you know, because they, they honored their mothers, right? Like, that was the biggest thing, too, is like... She always yeah. brought that up. She's like, yeah. be a stripling warrior, right? Like, be, be, be somebody I can be proud of. And it's just like, it, it's always stuck with me. So, yeah, love that. That's a good mom yeah, right Yeah, good there. on Sherry, man. She's, she's a saint for a reason. <laughs> and then the one I'd like to close out with, and this is something we asked Tad. And as I was actually re-listening to that interview we did with Tad, I was really, really happy I asked this question. So I definitely want to ask it to you because Tad shared some really cool things. We actually, I don't know if you listened to that, but we we – I, did. Yeah, I, I gave some. I gave a shout out to the the index, and he hadn't heard of that. And I Thank was like, you. "Well, you better step up your game, Tad. <laughs> There's no other way around." Um, and I want to ask how you personally study, because I think there's a lot of benefits that people can glean from other people's habits. Yeah. So, having served in Guatemala, I speak Spanish, and so I read a chapter in the Book of Mormon in Spanish. And for the past 20 years or so, I've got friends in Austria, and I've been studying German as well. And so I'll reread that same chapter in German. And at the same time that I'm, I'm learning gospel ideas, I'm also learning some language ideas. And so it keeps my mind engaged. Um, and then after, so I'm in uh, Moroni chapter 8 in Spanish and German today. No, sorry, Moroni 9. And I'm in Alma 21 in English. I'll go read a second chapter in English. And the reason that I've got these uh, at different locations is because I'm going to finish the Book of Mormon in Spanish in a couple of days. And then yeah, like I'm going to be in the middle in English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm exactly. Okay. Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And right. I'm going to be in, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of the Book of Mormon in English. And so what happens to my brain is it says, oh, you're in the middle of the Book of Mormon. You're not done reading. And I keep going. And I start over in Spanish and in German at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. And uh, when, I, when I finish in English, I'm going to be in the middle in the languages. And my brain again tells me, oh, yeah, you're in the middle of this. You're not done. And so it helps me with that daily. Uh, every day I've got to read the Book of Mormon. And, and then I'll read some Come Follow Me. Uh, and I, I have bookmarks in Gospel Library. I love that app. In fact, back in 2010, I... I spent a summer helping write the Android version of Gospel Library. Oh, wow. And the work that I'd been doing on the Citation Index helped me to be ready to help with Gospel Library. And I only helped with version 1.0 for Android. I didn't help with the iOS, and I haven't helped with subsequent versions there. But it was really eye-opening and, and educational. But I digress. Anyway, 
after, so I love Gospel Library and I've got all these bookmarks in Gospel Library. After going through the Come Follow Me, my next step is I've got a bookmark in General Conference and I'll read a conference talk. And uh, so I'll get through the conference talks, you know, six or seven or so times in the six months before the next conference edition rolls out. And that way I've got a variety of things. I've got current, I've got uh, Book of Mormon, I've got Come Follow Me, and, and I stay engaged in, in these various streams of thought. And uh, what is your writing like that surrounds all this? Um, so I write in my journal. I make notes in Gospel Library. Um, I wouldn't. I probably don't write as extensively as Tad says that he writes. Gotcha. Well, not not I, many of us. I, I know do. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I was just curious because for me personally, and I know everybody's different. I'm I'm a big writer. Like I need to write things out to flesh out the idea, and just like as Tad spoke about yeah. that, I was like that resonates completely. But your your variation is amazing, and that's an amazing example to me. I love the fact that you kind of stagger how you read in different languages and then in English, because whenever I finish the Book of Mormon, I kind of feel like, do I need a break? And it's like a, the answer is of course not, but you kind of feel like I just finished something, and so it's like yeah. starting it again seems weird for some reason, but it shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks so much for taking the time. Seriously, I cannot, I cannot thank you enough. And it means a lot that you would come onto this podcast for us. Seriously. I, I, I know I can speak for Brian. Like it's, it's validating to us to think like, you know, we are doing good things and, um, having somebody like you to, to reaffirm that has been, that, that's a blessing quite frankly. So thank you. Well, you have a great podcast and you're certainly welcome. And, and thank you for what you do too. And, uh, you know, each of us puts in our little labor of love. We lift where we stand, and uh, we, we, the caravan moves on together. Hopefully, we're all a part of that. Amen. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You know, obviously, Harper spoke for me, but 100%, man. I, we cannot thank you guys. Thank you enough for, for everything, or for coming on and talking to us, um, but also introducing an amazing, amazing website and, and app to the world. You know, uh, it would have been a lot funnier if we all had, you know, a, a you know, plethora of floppy disks, but I appreciate the, uh, the simplicity of, of just the cell phone and, and the website. So I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll keep working on it. We'll keep, we'll keep going here. It's just, uh, it's a fun yes, labor of love. Greatly appreciate it. So. All right. Thank you so much. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly, if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going, and I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching as everything's changing my mind, goes to a different time. Old love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley. And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I If it takes time, I